The opinions and views expressed in Dead Men Do Tell Tales and all affiliated media are Jordan and Nicole's and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of their training program or others working in the field of medical legal death investigation. Welcome to Dead Men Do Tell Tales, a podcast about forensic pathology related topics. I'm Nicole Croom. And I'm Jordan Taylor. And we're both forensic pathology fellows Woot. who are starting off on our journey into forensics, finally. I know, finally. It's yeah. crazy. We're like a month in, guys. I know. Yeah. Um, we will not be telling any stories today yes. regarding fellowship uh, cases. Cases, yes. We are going to. Uh, get around to our second anniversary episode, finally. Yes. <laughs> a little late. Better late than never. Yes. Today, as we said last year, we're going to do yearly kind of Darwin Award slash Dumb Ways to Die episodes. I did a little, like, really brief thing into the history of Darwin Awards. Oh, cool. Just because I was... I kind of looked at them first to try to find ideas for stories. Yeah. And they were all really bad and not fun enough, but... It kind of gave me some fun tidbits about the Darwin Awards. So they only started back in 1985, so not that long ago. Hmm. Um, and they were given posthumously to people who have made the supreme sacrifice to keep their genes out of our pool. Style counts. Not everyone who dies from their own stupidity can win. <laughs> and then the Darwin Award requirements are inability to produce, which means dead or unable to use their sexual organs. Mm-hmm. Astoundingly stupid judgment, sensational, aka not like smoking in bed, and they go up in flames. It's not sensational enough. Okay. Cause of one owns demise. Yep. Capable of sound judgment, so, you know, they're of legal age, of driving was their cutoff. So, like, a 17-year-old could qualify because they can drive. Right. Um, And free of mental defect. So it's not like they were incapacitated. I mean, is anybody free of mental defect? That's true. That's fair. (laughs) And then this last one is just event must be verified. Oh. So it can't just be a tall tale. Okay. But yeah. So at least five primary sources to uh, corroborate. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Corroborate. Corroborate. Uh, what am I doing with my lips? <laughs> <laughs> I have a fun last one. And I kind of went in chronological order. So I also I went in chronological Perfect. order. Do you want to start? Sure. Mine I think you already kind of read a bit about while you were doing your research. Yeah, I think I just like... You had sent me the list of yours, yeah. and I like opened a bunch of tabs of potentials, and then I read through your brief things, and I looked at this one, and I was oh, like, yeah. I think this lines up. Yes. So it was just accidental that I saw it, but it is fun. So I'm still excited to hear your thing, because I literally just read the paragraph on Wikipedia about it. Okay. So I don't know much. Cool. Yeah. So I titled this one, Alcohol Has Always Been Bad For You. Nice. Although technically, I guess I titled it E-T-O-H, since that's how I write out alcohol. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So this is about Charles II, the King of Navarre, which today is part of Spain and France. Okay. And he became king in 1349, so it's 1300s. Okay. And he earned the moniker Charles the Bad after <laughs> attempting to expand Navarre's territory by murdering and scheming. Oof, pretty, never a good pretty look. Pretty bad. Never a good look. Yeah, and for all his killing and double dealing with Spain, France, and England, Charles was hugely unsuccessful. So he did all these things to try to expand the land, but none of it actually worked. Okay. And so he was not just bad for attempting these things, but also bad at 
succeeding in his causes doing these things. Okay. <laughs> so by, na- by, solid. Yes, solid. <laughs> by 1378, although he was still the king of Navarre, he was essentially finished and had impoverished his kingdom through war. Woof. Yep. And if the stories are to be believed, by 1387, 54-year-old Charles was seriously ill and infirm and confined to his palace at Pamplona. Woof. I mean... Not a bad place to be confined. That's fair. That's just like, you know, all of the celebrities that are like, were stuck during COVID and they're like fancy (laughs) mansions with three pools. Yeah. So sad. (laughs) So the bedridden king was prescribed a body wrap of linen that was soaked in brandy or aquavita, which is an archaic name for a concentrated aqueous solution of ethanol. Which I think is a good quick pause to tell you (laughs) what we're drinking. So that bro basket we had a while ago, we somehow still have two left from that. So we're currently drinking Johnny Walker Black Label. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go on to the Glen Fittich Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. And the Black Label's pretty good. So picture yourselves wrapped in linen, soaked in this. Yep. And uh, he was to be sewn into this alcoholic burrito blanket at bedtime. <laughs> so that the curative properties of the alcohol could work their magic. Is he just going to inhale the alcohol? I feel like his lungs could damage from alcohol inflammation. Uh, well, I mean, theoretically, I guess he was supposed to absorb it through his That's skin. True. And it was, it was supposed to, better. what, pickle his illness away? I don't understand what the logic was in this. So the maid who stitched the king into his wrappings could find no scissors. So uh, guess what she used to cut the thread? Well, I, I read this. Oh. I don't want to ruin it for you. A lit candle. <laughs> so dumb. Yeah. So fire. That's the part that I read. I yeah. read this oh, lit part. Can- yeah. <laughs> fire plus alcohol. Nothing could possibly go wrong. Um, shocker. Yeah. The alcohol-soaked cloth was immediately set ablaze. And the terrified maid fled. Leaving, I don't blame her. I know, seriously. <laughs> leaving Charles the Bad to burn alive in his own bed. <laughs> it's so dumb. Yep. Uh, there are actually other versions of this story that attribute the king's death to another source of flame, namely a coal from a warming pan in oh. his bed. Okay. But either way, flame near alcohol-soaked linen, bad idea. Agreed. And then, I don't know if you saw this fun lithograph of the death, but I will post it to social media. It's <laughs> amazing. Yep. Oh, man. I love the little, like, stoking the fire underneath there. Yeah. That's pretty good. Probably some sort of political cartoon, meaning nobody would have helped him anyway. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> Sounds like it. So, Charles the Bad Burned. Oh, man. A lot of mine are pretty quick, just because the death was short. Oh, good. So, our cats have found the doorstopper to play with. So, if you heard that noise, that was one of our cats playing with the doorstopper. So, yeah, mine are a little bit quick, but I think they're short ish and sweet. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, we can spice them. So, this one I titled Young Love. Aww. So this happened in 1882. Picture it. Picture it. Romeo and Juliet. We're in the King of West Francia, which is the precursor to France. Okay. And Louis III was... His father died. (laughs) (laughs) His dad died, so he inherited the throne in 1879. So King Louis was in control of northern France, and his brother was in control of southern France. And this all happened when he was 14. Ooh. He's 14 and inherits this throne. Okay. So the north part obviously includes Paris, so he's controlling, like, the better half, right? And it's not, like, a brotherly feud. I just found that part interesting. Like, he inherits the throne at 14. His younger brother, who can't be older than, like, 
12 or 13 mm-hmm. is in control of southern France. Anyway, these two brothers ruling France as barely teenagers. They make it for a couple years. And in 1882, King Louis is now at the ripe old age of 17. Oh, man. Might as well just go out, man. Yeah. 17. And, I mean, like any good red-blooded 17-year-old boy, mm-hmm. he was a little bit girl crazy. Mm-hmm. And there was apparently this girl that he really liked. Yeah. That he decided that he wanted to chase her to her house. Okay. And... You know, what better way to chase after a girl who's retreating to her house than to chase after her on horseback? Seems logical. Much faster than chasing on by foot. Yeah. So he went to mount his horse and promptly hit his head on the lintel, like the the part that comes down, of a low door, which then he proceeded to fall off his horse and hit the ground. Okay. So he managed... To fracture his skull. Oh! Which, I don't know how aggressively he's mounting this horse. Like, you can do it a little fast. If you're doing it at a run, you can get some speed up. But, yeah. like, it takes a lot of force to fracture your skull. And was this lintel made out of steel? Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Vibranium. Or there's a solid, like, dent in it. Like, yeah, seriously. Maybe he wasn't getting enough calcium and or vitamin mm, D. There you go. And he just had very fragile bones. Slash he's still 17, so maybe he just had a suture fracture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they say love is blind, but really it's just a headache. <laughs> that was a good one. Thanks. Really good one. <laughs> I was proud of that. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> so my next one is world's deadliest facial hair. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> it can only end well. Yep. So... Hans Steininger was a 16th century burgermaster. Ooh, AKA I like that title. Town mayor. Yeah. yeah. We should call just, them that just instead. Just leave it burgermeister. Yeah. Uh, we have to make everybody burgers <laughs> once a year. Um, so, yes, he was the burgermeaster. That's probably not how it's pronounced. Like, that's what it's yeah. pro- how it's pronounced now? Uh-huh. Of Bronau Am Inn. And okay. most facts about his life have not survived, but his amazing beard, which is said to have been over four and a half feet long, has turned him into a cultural icon. Four and a half feet four long. Four and a half feet long. Yes. Damn. So Steininger was a popular mayor and served multiple terms, but in 1567, he met his end on September 28th. Okay. So Steininger usually kept his prodigious beard hair rolled up and stuffed in a pocket to ensure, (laughs) you know, its and his safety. Got it. But on the day of his death, there was a huge fire in the town that started Mm. a panic. Did he use it to try to wave the fire down? No. During the commotion, he just forgot to put it in the pocket and he was running around with it hanging free. So in the midst of all the chaos, he managed to step on his own beard and then it sent him tumbling down a flight of stairs and broke his neck. Oh, no. Yep. And after, don't do it, it, no. Um, After his death, the beard was removed, and it's still on display over 450 years later at the District Museum, Herzogsberg in Bernau. I can see why he tripped over it. Yeah, look at that. It's very blonde. Yes. I wonder if it's sun bleach from, like, being exposed to the sun, or if he was just really blonde. That's a great question that I did not look into. No, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, he was German. That's true. So it could be natural. So, uh, yeah. And then in an even more unfortunate turn of events, a Brunau Am Inn is now most remembered as being the birthplace of Adolf Hitler. Oh, good. But for understandable reasons, the local tourism board seems more keen to celebrate the mayor who was killed by his own beard. <laughs> good call. Yep. Good, good call. 
So our cats also like to play, and that random noises you're hearing are the cats quote-unquote playing. So I'm sorry about that. So I called this next one the inventor of one's own demise. So Thomas Midgley Jr. was an American mechanical and chemical engineer. So he was born in the late 1800s, and he's most well-known for playing a major role in developing leaded gasoline Ah, and some CFCs, also known as Freon. Good. So obviously CFCs are now essentially banned because they're bad for the environment, Gasoline has helped some, like, prog- progression in society and that kind of thing. But some bad stuff, but, you know. Um, also not let it anymore. Also not let it anymore. But much like your Charles the Bad had bad things happen to him, in 1940, at the age of 51, he contracted poliomyelitis and was not able to use his lower legs. Mm. So being... Oh, and I did write down the vaccine wasn't available until 1955. So he got it about 15 years before the vaccine was ever invented. So it's not like he was an anti-vaxxer, an old school (laughs) anti-vaxxer. He just didn't have an option because it wasn't a thing yet. So feeling sorry for him. Yes. So he was like early COVID. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So like the good inventor that he was, he didn't want to be limited and he didn't want to be stuck in bed. So he developed this system of ropes and pulleys to help lift himself out of bed and move him so he wasn't, like, dependent on other people to help move him. Sounds like a great idea. Right? But unfortunately, in 1944, so four years after he contracted polio, he became entangled in the device and died of asphyxiation. Oh, no! And the only thing I could keep, like, thinking about when I read this was, like, this is actually just a precursor to the sex swing. And I wonder how many people now have died in something like that due to asphyxia, but for a different reason. Yeah. Oh. Poor guy. Yeah. So long story short, don't invent things. Okay. I mean, check that off the list. <laughs> we invented a podcast. Oh, okay. Well, but we didn't invent podcasts. Shh. Just let it happen. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if you want to take credit, invented, but you just We invented said, this podcast. Don't invent this. Hopefully the podcast won't kill us. What if the podcast kills us in some weird way? So my next story is called Cummings Shouldn't Have Swallowed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm excited. Yep. Where is this going? And it gets better. Uh, so John Cummings was okay. an American seaman. Nice. Who presented with yeah. excessive pain in the stomach and intestines, incapacity of retaining anything in the stomach, and pain on walking or standing erect. What did the semen swallow? Uh, what did the semen swallow? <laughs> <laughs> so this was in 1805 when he presented to medical attention. But apparently six years prior to this presentation, while he was stationed in France, he had watched a knife swallower in a circus. Mm. And later he was bragging to the other semen that he could do this in reality, and his shipmates wagered he could not. So to prove them wrong, he swallowed four knives with no obvious ill effect, although only three of the four were seen again. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, <laughs> like during the autopsy? Um, well, he passed. Like in his stool, he found three of the four. <gasps> no. Some, no. Yeah, some six years later, he was stationed in Boston. Wait, six years later? Six years later. Okay. All right. Um, He made it longer than I thought it was Yeah, so in 1799, he swallowed those four knives, three of which came out. And then in 1805, six years later, stationed in Boston, 
new shipmates didn't believe his story about swallowing the knives. So under the influence of some grog, which okay. is rum and water. Yes. I did not know that. I knew it was an alcoholic beverage, but rum and water. I only know that because of, like, Pirates of the Caribbean and that type of thing. Oh, do they talk about grog? Yeah. I don't think they said the recipe, but I think I looked it up because uh, of something like that. Where's the rum gone? Exactly. In the grog. Yes. So, uh, he swallowed 14 knives. Oh, dude, pushing your luck. And then he was admitted to Charleston Hospital with abdominal pain. Did they find 15? Well, <laughs> after a few days, the knives had all passed safely through his body, and his oh. symptoms resolved just in time for him to sail back with his ship to France. So now, um, on December 4th, 1805, drunk again, he swallowed so... 20 knives. Dude. And two days later, he came to medical attention, which is those symptoms that I read before. Yeah. So initially, he was given castor oil, enemas of thick water gruel, and some opium for the pain. Oh, good. And then when the symptoms continued, he was given a dose of 30 to 40 drops of sulfuric acid daily. Oh, my goodness. In an attempt to dissolve the iron. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> it's going to also dissolve all the iron everywhere. Yeah. Just dissolve his intestines. Yeah. Just his insides. So he but remained... Need blood, right? No, definitely not. <laughs> he remained on the sick list for three months <sighs> until he felt... How did he survive this long? I know. Until he felt the knives drop into his bowel and felt much relieved. And then he was discharged back to they? light duties. Where were they before they dropped? I don't... Stuck in his stomach, I guess. <laughs> And then in June 1806, like six months later, he vomited a side of a knife handle. And then a couple months later in November, he uh, passed more pieces. And he continued to occasionally pass pieces of knives and copious amounts of blood until he finally died three years later in March of 1809. So how long was this after his first knife swallowing experience? So after his first knife experience is nine years total, I think. Wow. I'm actually kind of impressed with this dude. No, it was 11 years That's later. That's really... I'm surprised he lasted that long. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But it was um, a total of a little over three years from the time that he swallowed those 20 knives. Okay. So he gotcha. had to swallow those last 20 knives yeah. and then died a little over <sighs> three years later. Oh, goodness, bro. So on autopsy, the abdominal cavity had a black tinge from the iron in the knives. Check. A knife blade and a knife back spring were found in the intestines. The spring had eroded through the intestines into the peritoneum, transfixing part of the large intestine near the left kidney, and the blade was wedged across the rectum, its end embedded in the pelvic wall. (laughs) And overall, 30 to 40 fragments of wood, metal, and horn were found when the stomach was opened, and that is like a drawing of everything that they found at autopsy. That's insanity. Yeah. Ew. I'm just, yeah, nope, that's, uh, do not do not swallow non-food items, please, you nope. people. No, nope. just And it's not even like he had pica or, or like something yeah. that was driving him yeah. medically to swallow these knives. It was just getting drunk with his buds and being like, I could do this. Hold my beer and watch this. Yeah. It's like the old school definition of classic, which I guess very thematically appropriate that we're drinking our bro basket whiskeys yeah. on. Yep. This one is like. Kind of the exact opposite, but kind of the same. <laughs> so this one I, I, I labeled, why you should stop trying to be so healthy. Oh, good. I need an excuse to continue <laughs> to not work out. So 48-year-old 
health food enthusiast Basil Brown from Croydon, England, reportedly was touting the benefits of carrot juice. And why not? Get some extra vitamin A. Mm -hmm. What could go wrong? Turn orange. But there is too much of a good thing. So, supposedly he was telling people to drink, like, a gallon of carrot juice a day. What? Which, I probably should be drinking a gallon of water, but I don't think I even drink a gallon of water a day. How many carrots... Do you mu- must you juice to get, to get ten to get a gallon? Of yeah, it? yeah, too much. So supposedly he drank, and this was sorry, this is 1974, so it's not super long ago. He supposedly drank ten gallons of carrot juice in ten days, so an entire field of carrots in ten days. <laughs> I mean, probably not. I'm assuming it is a lot. No, nope, ten it, gallons of now carrot it's juice in my mind. Nope. It was an entire, entire field of field. carrots. Um, the rabbits around him hated him. Yeah, they were just looking on in jealousy. Exactly. Why not me? I want some juice, please, sir. <laughs> and, of course, like a good health food enthusiast, he supplemented it with additional vitamin tablets. Oh, okay. Yeah, that seems necessary. So, due to some... Doo-doo. <laughs> Adults. <laughs> <laughs> so, they did some calculations at the time... And they said that it was the equivalent of him have taken 70 million units in 10 days. Do you know what the recommended daily unit for an average man is? A vitamin A? A vitamin A. Uh, you might, I didn't know. I had to look it up. I'm going to guess way less than, wait, 70,000 yeah, so so or 70? He, he, so given that he took... 70 million in 10 days. So it's like... 70 million. It's 7 million a day. Okay. How much do you think is you're supposed to take in a day from 7 million a day? I'm going to go with 100. So 3,000 oh. is a recommended daily dose. Okay. And he's taking 7 million. That is a little bit different. <laughs> a little bit different. A little so, lot, a bit, So a lot. he died. Yeah. Long story short, he died. Okay. And they did an autopsy. And it's I, this was definitely one of those things where there's going to be a lot of supposedly's because I don't totally trust all of the really great articles that I got from this one, but it was too sensational to not share. Of course. Um, an autopsy apparently showed signs of quote-unquote vitamin A overdose, which they said were jaundice and liver cirrhosis, which, as any medical person will tell you, Jaundice and liver cirrhosis are signs of alcohol abuse. So either this guy drank carrot-juiced himself to death or really just died of chronic beverage ethanol use. (laughs) Maybe he was putting vodka in his carrot juice. Mm, There you go. Yeah. One glass of carrot juice, one glass of beer. Yeah. 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 Um, but apparently vitamin A toxicity is not too dissimilar. So you get jaundice. So you don't really get orange skin. You get like this yellow skin and this skin and orange and yellow tinge yeah. to everything from too much vitamin A. Apparently vitamin A can lead to liver, liver cirrhosis. Huh. So who knows? He was apparently, you know, known to be this very like health conscious guy, which is why everybody was thought he wouldn't have been alcohol. But. Right. Yeah. Well, but uh, clear alcohol is healthy, right? That's why oh. everybody on diets does yeah. the clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vodka. This, isn't, this isn't clear. <laughs> well, it's it's clear. It's just has a yellow tinge to it. Yeah. It's, it's slightly jaundiced clear. A jaundiced alcohol mm-hmm. beverage, yeah. So my next one also has to do with food. Oh, good. Okay. Um, I called it maybe learn to cook, question uh, mark. Okay, question mark. Uh, I feel a little bit bad for this one, but... 
Kurt Goodle, I think is how Goodle. you pronounce it. That's great. Goodle. Um, I tried to listen to it on YouTube, but even the like listening to the pronunciation, I didn't get it. Um, well done with the effort. Thanks more than I would have done. <laughs> so he was a brilliant mathematician, but also suffered from poor health, beginning with an episode of rheumatic fever at oh, the age sad. of six. Okay. Yeah. And since his illness at the age of six, he remained convinced that he had never fully recovered and was known for being paranoid, anxious, and depressed. Mm. And he suffered several nervous breakdowns throughout his life. Sad. Yeah. Um, and then towards the end of his life, his paranoia grew to the point that he became convinced that somebody was trying to poison him and oh, was no. suspicious of all his food. No. He refused to eat any meals that had not first been tasted by his wife. So he was okay with his wife I know. That's dying. kind of a, you know. A D-move? A D-move. Yeah. But other sources said that had not been cooked by his oh, wife. That's Which more is why reasonable. I called it maybe learn to cook, question uh, mark. Yep. That could have solved like, all your problems. Why didn't you cook your own food instead of making your wife cook it? Anyway. Um, this was the <laughs> no 70s. Boys. Question. Is that an excuse I, anymore? No, I don't know. Okay. And it wasn't ever. <laughs> That's true. Um, however, when she became ill in 1977 and mm. had to be hospitalized for six months, Google simply refused to eat anything at all, effectively starving himself to death. Good job, bro. So he died on January 14th, 1978 of malnutrition, weighing only 65 pounds. <gasps> I haven't weighed 65 pounds since elementary school. Yeah. That's insanity. Yep. Yeah. I didn't see how tall he was, but it no matter, matter how tall you are as a grown <laughs> adult matter. man. I mean, there was one person that was like 80-something pounds that was literally just skin and at the at our office. Yeah. It was like literally just skin and bones. Like, they were also mummified. So they had additionally <laughs> on top of it lost some, like, water. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they were 85 pounds. My goodness. Yeah. yeah, I don't have a picture no, of that No, that's one, fair. So. I, it would be a skeleton. <laughs> I, would, I know what it looks like. Check. <laughs> All right. This next one I called uh, Shoot First, Ask Questions Later. Mm-hmm. So in 1982 is when this is set. So do you know what a saguaro cactus is? Uh, they're the really big guys, right? Like yeah. the tallest cacti in the world. Yeah, so a saguaro, it's that like really stereotype. Like if you think of a cactus, like if you think of... Mm-hmm. Um, New Mexico and Arizona and cactuses, you're thinking of a saguaro cactus. And these cactus, cacti can grow to be more than 40 feet tall. So they're big. Mm-hmm. Right? That's all I want to get across. So in 1982, there was a guy, David Grundeman, and his friend James Suchochi. So they had their shotguns in the desert, because oh. what else would you be doing? And that story never ends badly. Nope, never. I'm, a, I'm sure there was alcohol. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't there, uh, this is another one of those, like, not the best citations, but oh, yeah. it was too sensational to not post. Yeah. But I found it in, like, five or six places, so I think it's real. Nice. But they decided, um, or David decided, that he wanted to try to use the shotguns to, like, topple some cacti. Because why not? Yeah, nobody else out here. Let's shoot some cactuses. Yeah. So supposedly he shot at a 10-foot one, and it didn't take him much to knock over a 10-foot cactus. So then he went after a 27-foot tall cactus, which is a pretty good-sized cactus. It's pretty good. So he was shooting it and poking it, like, with a stick. I don't know if it was a, I don't know if it was a stick or with the shotgun itself, but either way, shooting and poking this giant cactus. Yeah. Apparently one 
arm of this cactus they he managed to make fall off but it didn't do it was kind of that thing where like you know when you like, cut down a tree you like cut it at a certain angle so you make sure it falls the right way right this arm of the cactus weighed 500 pounds what guess where it landed right on his head right on him and on his car <gasps> and then just thereafter the trunk also fell on him <laughs> to add insult to injury. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to take my shotgun to yeah. the desert. Yeah. I'm going to shoot some cactus. Yeah. And I'm going to have it fall on me. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, thought they wouldn't fight back, but they did. Yeah. And then there was this group called um, the Austin Lounge Lizards, who apparently wrote this song named Saguaro after him. Which I'm going to play a little bit of. We'll do less than 30 seconds so we don't need to get any copyright stuff. Wow. So I highly recommend you guys look that up. It's called Saguaro by the Austin Lounge Lizards. And we will be listening to the rest of it after this episode. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah. the So not only did this ma- man manage to kill himself, but he got a song named after him. Yeah. So he will live on forever in infamy. Well, for the people who have heard of that song. Which That's this is my true. First... And now all of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Add it to the Dead Men Do Tell Tales podcast playlist. Yes. Yeah. It's I think like this is a really appropriate song for the Dead Men Do Tell Tales. I podcast think it is playlist. actually true. Yeah. <laughs> actually. Yeah, no, I know. But actually. <laughs> All right. Next list we're starting. Yes. But... Okay. Okay. So my last one, proving once again that alcohol is still bad for you. Mm. And it's fairly recent, December twenty first, twenty fourteen. Okay. So Denver St. Clair, fifty eight, and his stepson Brad Davis, thirty three, began fighting. Oh. After St. Clair insulted Davis's mom, who was St. Clair's wife. What? Yes. Okay. So, stepdad insults the mom, stepson gets upset. Gotcha. Uh, Davis, the stepson, said things turned ugly after this night of drinking. Gasp. And he alleges that he punched his stepdad unconscious after the older man jumped him. People. And then, after the stepson knocked his stepdad out, he pulled the elastic of Mr. St. Clair's pants up and over his head from behind. What? A.K.A. gave the unconscious man an atomic wedgie. And this is going to lead to a death. I'm so excited. Yep. So, the county sheriff, Mike Booth, said, I'd never seen this before, but when we looked at our victim, the waistband of his underwear was around his neck. And according to the state medical examiner's office, Mr. St. Clair died of suffocation and blunt force trauma to the head. Davis, the stepson, had pulled the elastic so tightly that it left ligature marks around Mr. St. Clair's neck. Wow, that's an aggressive wedgie. So this guy got atomic wedging to death. That's amazing. Oh my god. Yeah. I kind of want to see it, but I also know I'm definitely afraid to give it. I mean, I don't think I've ever actually given anybody a wedgie. Uh, I think I've given people a wedgie, but not past, like... Not an atomic one? Not an atomic one, for sure. Alright, so this last one is my longest one, mainly because it's a compilation of stories, because I, essentially, I looked up, like, dumb ways to die, and 
there was something that popped up and then I looked into and there's an entire Wikipedia page of literally hundreds of examples of this. Oh. So I handpick a few good ones. But uh this might be the most modern and inane way to kill yourself. Suicide by selfie. <gasps> yep. Oh. So we've all seen people do some really dumb things to get that perfect shot. Oh yes. Right? So many cliff edges. And I was amazed at one how many there were and two how many like how much variety there was. Yeah. I will say the vast majority were either falls mm-hmm. or what these this first story I'm going to tell you is associated with. So, I mean, I've also never heard of anybody dying from a selfie before. I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I don't think I've ever actually heard of it before, but there's a lot. Yeah, I don't I can't remember if it was a selfie death, but I definitely heard of um um person who hiked and she would do bikini yes she was at the end she was at the end of this list there's like a famous instagram influencer yeah that recently i think it was like this year actually died from yes yeah she's the only one but i don't even remember if she was taking a selfie at the time or if she was just finishing i think she hike. was because it was at the bottom it was there's a as nicole can see it's a very long list oh yeah um sophia chung yeah died slipping Five meters in the nature park where she was taking a selfie with a friend at the edge. Her Instagram account featured photos of her outdoor adventures yep. and that kind of thing. So that was July 10th, 2021. Okay. But that was one of the more tame ones. So I have some more fun ones. Ooh. I don't think I have any falls in here because they were kind of on the bottom, more boring side. So the <laughs> first one listed was October 15th, 2011. And these are U.S. and actually all over the world. Um, three U.S. teenagers were posing for a selfie by the tr- by a train. There's apparently this movement of you get yourself as close as you can to a train and get a selfie with a train coming in. What? So the last message they sent <gasps> on Facebook was standing right by a train. Ahaha, this is awesome. Before all three were hit by a train. Wow. In March 2014... Ellen's favorite case. Yes, Ellen's favorite case. Hit by a train. Um, In March 2014, in Spain, a 21-year-old man climbed on top of a train to get a selfie with friends. Train again. No, this was like... I stopped at two train ones because they were almost all like train or falls. Yeah. Um, He climbed on top of a train to get a selfie with friends, and he thought that there was like the support wire. What he didn't know was it was a live wire. So he electrocuted himself trying to get that perfect shot. Oh, no. So in April 2014, a 32-year-old woman from North Carolina took and posted some selfies when she heard the song Pharrell's Happy. But guess what? She was driving. No! And her (gasps) car veered across the center median, collided with a recycling truck, left the road, hit a tree, and burst into flames. Oh my gosh. Not so happy now. I think I heard about that one actually when 2014. it happened. 2014. Yeah. Yikes. So August 2014 in the Philippines, a 15-year-old boy was taking a selfie while holding a gun to his chin. Oh no! Guess what? It went off. The gun went off. Aww. The same story, the same month to a 21-year-old boy happened in Mexico. Oh. Yeah. Guns aren't Play thanks. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Like, this is just the definition of the Darwin Awards right here. Uh, 
Um, in March, tw- although I guess the 15-year-old technically wouldn't have been the mentally sound. That point, is true. That is true. March 2015, in India, seven youths, I'm putting youths in there because that's actually what was in the Wikipedia <laughs> article, were standing on one side of a boat to take a selfie. Capsized the yep. boat. Oh, Super no. dumb. Uh-huh. They all drowned. <gasps> all seven. I don't know if they couldn't swim, they weren't with lifeboats, what happened, but dippy-dippy. Oh. Yep. And then these next two kind of go together. Um, in July 2015, in San Diego, a man was trying to take a selfie with a rattlesnake. Ugh. Guess what the snake did? Um, it just decided to have high tea with him and through his they... teeth. Oh, okay. Yep, got bit by the snake. Yep, he was taking a selfie with. And then in August of 2015, a man in Spain was trying to take a selfie with one of the bulls in the running of the bulls. He got gored to death. Oh, surprise, surprise! Super smart people. The bull didn't want to stop himself. <laughs> and then this last one, I feel like, is the epitome of selfiness. So in October 2015, except the demographics, there was a 68-year-old woman. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Who was at the El Tatillo Geyser in northern Chile and was trying to take a selfie in front oh. of the geyser. Oh no. She stepped back oh, no. into it no. and had burns over 85% oh. of her body. That's older than she was. That's older than she <laughs> Her husband apparently did pull her out, oh. but she, and when she went to the hospital, but she died because they're not going to survive. No. 85, that's too much. Oh my gosh. So long story short, make sure that you really look behind you and not just through the camera lens. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now I'm never going to Next time a you take again. a selfie. Next time you guys take a selfie, look where you are. Don't be moving trains or holding guns or animals. Like, unless that it's could kill you. Your own pet? Yes. I was going to say, Cole, I've taken selfies with. But she could technically she kill She could you. kill me. Cats are, like, made to kill. So. Yeah. I just feed her. So I think she, she chooses knows not that. To. Yeah. And clean her poop. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> I, cl- I feed her and clean her food. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why you survived. <laughs> that's how I've survived for this long. <laughs> so we hope that you guys have learned a few tips and tricks. And maybe take those selfie tips and tricks with you over to social meets. Yeah. So if you like this and any of our other episodes, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. It's how we get boosted up on the various podcasting platforms and other people can hear about us. You can visit our website at deadmendotellpodcast.com, where we'll link to all of our sources in our episode guide. On Twitter, we're at deadmendo. On Insta, we're at the Dead Tell Tales. And our Facebook page is Dead Men Do Tell Tales Podcast. And as always, please send us an email through the website or directly to the deadtelltales at gmail.com. And our opening theme music is introduced in the pre-roll by Lee Rosevere, who you can find on SoundCloud. Thanks so much, guys. We hope you enjoyed. Uh, yes. And we'll get back to some of the more serious topics in our next episodes. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Yep. Bye, guys. Bye. Cut, 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 have cut, fun, cut. guys. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs>